0: ברוכים brug in Shabbos is date the days Tevis, but tonight, as we know, is Asar b'Tevis. Discuss today Asar What is reasoning? What is the reasons for it? discuss Chazak Chumash Breshas Nas Tchivasan the B'Seifan 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 the connection between the beginning of the Chumash of Shemais of Breshas and the end And Parsha by itself, the name of the Parsha, by Yaakov Beretz Mitzrayim, is an axiomoron. We'll say it's an axiomoron that Yaakov lived to name the Parsha by after the life of Yaakov, and immediately the pasuk starts to tell us the story of Yaakov's passing. How confusing can it get? We know the Klaal. Ma ma'zare Ma As long as the children are alive, the person lives on. And therefore, the Possack tells us. Rashi tells us, Your mother, Yaakov lay meis. Yaakov did not die. I, there was a levaya. There was a funeral. And they saw him wrapped up in a cloth and buried in Mara Samachpela. So how can we say in essence that he did not die? We saw clearly a funeral. I'm going to touch this. The funeral was visual. People saw a funeral happening. So how can we say, in essence, that Yaakov did not die? And to this, the Klal is, As long as his children are alive, he remains alive. The legacy of Yaakov lives on. The Bnei Yisrael, the children of Israel, lives on. question sometimes becomes who is and what is and how does it actually work (laughs) famous story of the uh, fellow that came to visit a uh, conservative or reform Hebrew school and he came into the Hebrew school and asked uh, went into a classroom and asked um, who broke the luchas? Who broke the tablets? We all know. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from HaSinai and he broke the luchas. He asked, who broke the luches?" Apparently his eyes must have been focused in the direction of one of the children. <laughs> the child began to cry and to bawl. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. The guy couldn't believe what he was hearing. Children have so no idea about Judaism, so no idea about the religion, and about what goes on in the Torah. Child is telling me he didn't break the Luchas. It's absurd. Immediately he runs out of the room and he goes to look for the director or the principal. He's furious and he says to the director, I was just in a classroom and I asked who broke the Luchas. And one little boy started crying and said, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. What's going on here? principal says, you know what? Don't get offended, don't get upset. But come with me, please. Show me which kid. Show me which boy it was. He comes and takes him to the classroom, he shows him the boy. And the boy is still crying, Nebuchadnezzar. And he says to him, he calls the, he says, that he looks at the boy, he says, aha, uh-huh. step outside, please, Rabbi. Tells the Rabbi, he says, listen, <coughs> see this boy. I know his father. Not only that, I know his grandfather. They've been Reformed members for years, generations. Very upstanding people. <coughs> he says, and. And Rabbi, I'll tell you, if the boy says he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Nabach. Nabach, the director itself didn't know. The Jewish nation, though, lives on in such a way, that we say, Vayechi Yaakov, Yaakov lives on in each and every one of us. And although, Tehra talks about the passing of Yaakov, each and every, Shrit and Trit, as we would say, every step that one takes, a person does in the way of Tehra, if you're doing in the way of Terah, Terah ter- life, you're going in the way of Yaakov, Avinu. You know. is the Yematria 34. Yosef was 17 years old when he was sold. And Yaakov had 17 years with Yosef and Mitzrayim. Vayechi Yaakov, Yaakov lived 34 years in essence that he really, really cherished in those of the years that he was together with Yosef. Although in Mitzrayim, as we see from the Pesukim, in the sequence of the Pesukim, that they didn't meet every day. And so much so that Yosef had to be called that his father was dying, his father was ill. But still in all, Yaakov, knowing that Yosef was alive and whatever, he was able to contact with Yisif. And the fact that he knew that Yisif did not alter an iota of the way, he did not change, did not deviate from any path of the words of Teda and his way of life, that in itself was enough for him to live and to be very, very satisfied. We know the famous beginning of our Pasha. The Pasha opens up with the story of Yaakov wanting to bless his children. And he starts, as he starts, he's about to die, he calls to Yesef. And he makes him promise him that he will bury him out of Mitzrayim, but resting with his father and his grandfather. And Yasir swears. Strange, Yasir had to actually swear. Yaki wants to show Yosef how much he cherishes him. And he tells him, Ephraim and Manasha, your two children, Ephraim and Manasha, will be to me like Reuben and Shimon. A simple layman's question why Reuben and Shimon have all the brothers? Why doesn't he say it like Yosef and Benjamin? He wants to really impress him that he cherishes, loves them. We have the Balaturim. Was very, very clear in describing Thera in its secret ways, in its hint, in the form of hint of Remes. said is a secret, Remes is a form of hint. Very often, the Rawaturim finds very interesting, intriguing gematrias. And the Baal Turim says that Reuben and Shimon and Menashe and Ephraim are the same gematria. So therefore he says Ephraim and Menashe, Ki Reuven and Shimon. Because Ephraim and Menashe and Ruben and Shimon are the same gematria. They have the same numerical values. That very strange thing happens here in the dialogue. After saying how he's about to bless them and how close they are to him, Yaakov starts in a dialogue, Va'ani and I bevei mi as coming from Padan Aram and Rachel passed away. Rachel, of course, referring to Yaakov's mother, to Yasuf's mother. And I buried her there, in Kivas the way of Ephras. He based Lachim. Now, Yosef was still alive and around when his mother passed away and his mother was buried. And Benjamin was born at the time. So in essence, Yosef knew exactly where this was. He knew where his mother's gravesite was. Why the description? And why does Yaakov use two names for it? Begber Hashem Ephras. He was on the road to Ephraim. He based lachem, which is bays lachem, which is actually not bays lachem over there. It doesn't matter. He uses the name as based In lachem. Nakama, revenge, is an ism in a tera. It's a prohibition from the tera to take revenge on somebody. If one wants to prevent something happening to somebody, and they knew, they know this fellow is a swindler, this fedler is a, a bad part of society, and can cause damage, and has been causing damage on and on, and repeated, repeatedly damages people, and they want to get them out of commission, they go about terror ways how to do it. But to go out vehemently and take revenge on somebody when the person stands to gain nothing from it. Destroy this person because he once did something to me. He's not doing anything to anybody today. He doesn't involve in business. He doesn't talk to people. He doesn't have anything. He's never in a public eye. But I want to destroy the person because he once had a doing it happening with me. This is called Nakama. And nakama is awesome and Atayra. Prohibited. Yet, it's a very, very, very touchy subject. It's as touchy as is Lashon Hara. To talk Lashon Hara about another person, it's one of the hardest things to refrain from. Just Someone mentions the person's name and you twist your nose, or you go, Hey, you've already spoken Lashon Hara. Horrific, terrible thing. And so too is Nakama. Nakama is extremely hard to hold yourself back, to ride above yourself, to be Michael, to forgive the person. Could you imagine if God? Wanted to take revenge every time we did something wrong. We'd be a wreck. To say the least. Yaakov. Trusted Joseph. Yaakov saw Joseph Was such a trustworthy fellow. That he. Ran Egypt. And he had no. Personal. Interest vested in Egypt. Egypt was a Gaisha country, a land. But yet he understood that his mission was to save the land and therefore he knew that what the outcome would be from it. And Yosef was full hearted into this job. How much more trustworthy can he be? Yaakov also saw Yosef was an actual tzaddik. talking to a tzaddik, a king, a viceroy. Yaakov had his doubts. What doubts did he have? Yaakov knew that he would have to depend on Yosef to be buried outside of Mitzrayim. His reason not wanting to be buried in Mitzrayim there's many different reasons. One, he says, straightforward. He did not want his gravesite to be made into a to to idol worship. People respected Yaakov greatly, and had he been buried in Mitzrayim, people would bow down to the site and they would they would pray there. It would become a praying, but not not as a pray site like we daven now by Ravis. We daven in Hebron, in the Maros Machpelah. We're not davening to the stone. We don't daven to the person. We daven that the person should be for our part and take our tziyus. Fact is, Yisaf is so a human being though, with emotions, and very strong emotions for his mother. And as a strong emotion for his mother, he would say, Ta, you shorted me. It's not just my mother that's not going to be buried together with you in in, in the cave. It's more than that. I can't hold up my head and say my mother is buried in Mara So in essence, how do you have the audacity to call me down now and make me swear that I'm going to bury you there if you didn't do that for my mother? Be a perfectly human reaction to the story. Yasef's mother was shorthanded, and therefore if he had the powers to take a little nikama, a little revenge on his father, whom he loved and cherished, therefore Yaakov is telling him now, before I bless the children, I want to make something straight, I want to set this straight, Set this for the record. When we were going in travel, Yaakov tells Yosef that his mother died in childbirth. His mother died in childbirth, therefore, I had to bury her where we were. Bederech Ephras, on the way to Ephras. He, Beis Lechem, does not make it a zip code. When he says, this is Bet Lechem, it does not make it the zip code of this place, became Bet Lechem. And oddly enough, why would one call a f- burial ground Beis Lechem? Why would one call a burial ground a house of food? Beis Lechem is a hotel. A hotel could be a base Lachem. A burial ground is not a base Lachem. So why would Yaakov name it a base Lachem? And this is what Yaakov in essence is telling Yisuf. That you should know, my son, it was a sacrifice that your mother herself did. And now she says to the Benchamesh, the Mikra. He tells that little boy, learning the Chamesh, why she was buried there. <speaking in Hebrew> she should be a help to her children. Because she was on there. By your aid in When the Eden were going into, go, into exile into Babylonia, when they were going into Babylonia, the Eden needed to pass this place. And this is the place where they prayed. They prayed to God. And they asked our mother Rachel to beseech her for our behalf. And Rachel goes and cries and asks for pity on her children. Oh. As we know, the Pasuk says, Kel Nishma." And the voice is heard above, and the Almighty answers, there is reward to what you have done, and your children will be returned to their boundaries. And we've spoke many times of Rachel made a sacrifice that she had for her children to be buried on Beis and Dafke, so that the children will always be able to come and daven and pray to her. When Yosef himself was being dragged down to Egypt, he too went over to pray by his mother's grave. And this is therefore the explanation that Yaakov offers to his son. Telling his son why his mother was buried outside of the mother and asking that he does not do the same to him for he is not in that level. From everything we learn, from everything in Teda, we have a lesson. Because Teda is Lashon Hidol. We see Yaakov puts the hands, he, seek as Yodav, he switches his hands around, and he takes his right hand and places it on Manasha and Yosef on, on Ephraim on the left. <speaking in Hebrew> Yosef comes to try to straighten them out. He tries to come put them back where they belong. Yismech. <speaking in Hebrew> Why? Your father's doing it. He's lying there on a the deathbed. Why are you mixing in? And what were you trying to do to hold back your father from blessing your child? Yasuf yes, suffered. Yasuf yes, suffered from jealousy. His brothers were all jealous of the way his father treated him keeps falling offline and drive me nuts. Yosef was concerned Yosef was concerned that the same would happen here between Ephraim and Menashe. Yosef was concerned that there would be a, a jealousy welled up over here. As the Chazal says, A person that should not treat children differently one than the other. And the Raya, the Gemara brings, the proof, is from the story of Yosef, How he was n- resented by his brothers for it. But Yaakov didn't have that problem. Yaakov didn't know what happened to actually Tiesif. Yaakov never got the story that he was sold. Yaakov was never given. He knew that the brothers were slightly jealous, but he never saw. He never knew that this was the actual outcome of the jealousy, and therefore. working and therefore Yaakov was not concerned with the jealousy issue Yaakov didn't see it amongst his own children that badly and he knew how he treated Yaakov Yosef. so being that the case he was not concerned with it being the same thing with him I'd like to just turn the focus on the Shira moment, a few moments actually, to the uh, date on hand, Asaravatevis. There are those people that fast, Anshe Maisa, Anshe Tzedikim, that fast the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th day of Tevis. Why all three days? On the 8th, the, 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 the entire terror was translated into Greek. Let's we'll explain what happened. King Ptolemy, On the 9th, Ezra HaSeifah and Nechemia were killed. Ezra HaSeifah and Nechemia were not replaceable. Irreplaceable people. And therefore the loss that the Jewish nation suffered was <coughs> worthy of fasting. And on the 10th, they seized Jerusalem the city was put under siege. It took a while. It took three years until Shavuot It was three years until Yerushalayim actually fell. But the Eivishah gave them those three years. Perhaps, perhaps they would still repent. They would still do tshuva. And they gave them very, very interesting battles. One such battle, one such warrior that the Jews had. His name was actually Akiva. And this Akiva was a very, very, very strong man. And he stood on top of the wall surrounding Yerushalayim and he caught with his hands, with his bare hands the stones that were being tossed at, the wall, at Yerushalayim so they should not enter into its itself to hurt people and threw them back. He caught not only with his hands he caught with his feet as well. Until the Eden were no longer Zecha, they no longer had the merit of this man's protection. And a strong wind came by and toppled him off the wall. As he fell to his death, the Jews no longer had warriors that could possibly, valiantly stage battle the situation had gotten such after the siege of Yerushalayim there was no food, there was no water and the famous story that's written is of the two women were walking through the streets of Yerushalayim As they're walking through the streets of Yerushalayim, they meet in the marketplace. And one woman asked the other, You never come to the marketplace. You always had servants and this and that. What brings you to the marketplace today? And she said, I'm looking for food. There is no food to give myself, my children. And she said, Well the marketplace you will not find, let us go look. And they wandered through Yerushalayim until finally they could wander no longer and out of the pain of hunger they curdled up in the corners and they died. And the young, siblings, young children, the sucklings, the infants, the babies, came crawling looking for their mothers so they could nurse, so they could get some nutrition. And as they came out to their mothers' laps only to find that there was no nutrition to be gotten, they too died in the laps of their mothers. Such was the siege of Jerusalem. Such was the severity of such a siege. And hence we have a fast day of Asar B'tavis. Although many people are very lenient with the laws of Asar B'tavis, there are leniencies as far as fasting is concerned, Pregnant women, for women that are ill. Asara B'tevis has something unlike any other fast. Generally, a fast that will come out on Shabbos, we push off to the Sunday, barring, of course, from Kippur, which is referred to in the Torah as Shabbos. No other fasts, fall out on a Friday apart from a B'tevis. Now what is the problem with falling out on a Friday? The problem is that we don't want to go into Shabbos fasting. Especially since you're not going to eat until after you daven Kabbalah Shabbos. So if you're not eating until after Kabbalah Shabbos, that means you've entered Shabbos fasting. And you are fasting on Shabbos which is prohibited. Asar As b'Teves, though, if it should come out on Friday, we fast on Friday. <laughs> One of the best fasts we ever had. We were in yeshiva. Asar on a Friday, and generally, the boys Thursday nights used to sit and we had what was called mishmer. We sat all night long. Some actually learned some fabrenged, some discussed, talked. Everyone had their own. Each their own. But a vast majority of the Bacharim, I wouldn't say vast majority, take that back, a nice amount of Bacharim used to see to stay up Thursday nights. And came Friday night, Bacharim were tired to say the least but you had to wait in Davening Yeshiva Kabbalah Shabbos until after Davening was finished and once Davening was finished then you start then you sat down to the meal and some bacham used to sit together there was miras there was singing there was fabrenging so you didn't always catch the opportunity of sitting actually and really, really uh, enjoying your Friday night shluf, as it might be known. A Batevis came out on Friday. There was no delay of davening. Davening had to be done immediately as soon as Shabbos came in. Where it used to be, davening was 8 o'clock. We used to have Seidah say the Negunim. And then we used to uh, no used to hash, daven and eat so it's usually not for 8 whereas here Shabbos came in about 5 Shabbos, excuse me Shabbos candle lighting was about 4.20 4.25 so you were able to daven by 5 o'clock by 5.30 you were downstairs making kiddush by 6.15 you were in bed that's when you found out, you discovered what a bagel was. You slept a bagel. You slept from 6.15. <laughs> some guy slept till 7.30 the next morning. It's a little more than a bagel. Get him some cream cheese. But I remember though, it was a Friday night, Yeshiva, by 8 o'clock, 7.30, the place was at Ghost Town. No one was to be found. It was interesting. Why was I awake? I don't remember. Asara B'teiv is the only fast that on Friday we actually fast. And as we said, this is one of the holinesses, one of the reverences that we have, how special Asara is really is. Although, there are many, many leniencies as we said before. What led up to Asadabatavis? As we spoke before, first we will talk about Ches, the eighth day of the month. Ches, tevis, the translation of the Teda, but in Greek. King Ptolemy wanted to d- cause trouble. Now, let us understand what it's causing trouble means. Tata is written in the holy tongue. Tera is written in Lashon Kedesh. Being written in Lashon Kedesh, it has a special Kedusha to it, a special sanctity, that the entire world respected and feared. If anyone wanted to learn Tera, Gentile, anybody wanted to learn Tera, they had to learn Lush and Kedesh. They had to learn the Holy Language first. By translating it into another language Tera was not God forbid well, it was desecrated so much so that it was brought down that the day that they translated to Greek was worse than the day that the Jews bowed down to the golden calf The 72 elders were taken by Ptolemy and they were put into different rooms and nobody was told why they were there. Only thereafter were they told one at a time they wanted the translation of the Teda done into Greek. There are many things in the Teda that when you take it a a literal, tr- literal translation if you don't accept it as Kedusha words holy words of Teda they come across very strangely. One of the bigger problems that the elders found was that the Arneves is not allowed to be eaten. The Arneves is a rabbit. The Arneves also happens to be the name of the queen of Ptolemy. Being Ptolemy's queen, it it would be a very big problem if they were to write about the Arneves in their translation. And therefore, all of them had this special ruach the spiritual guidance that guided them to alter the word "aneves" to a different word. And they all used the same word. In the beginning God created. They wrote God created in the beginning why did they write that because he would say in the beginning was the creator veracious this concept of veracious of in the beginning created god and then god might have created the world but it would ultimately give him a leeway to say that there was a superior god forbid something superior to god alrahman alrahim And many, many different other things. I will make man. They wrote, we will make man. Instead of "In God finished on the sixth day, they wrote God finished. On the seventh day, they wrote God finished on the sixth day. So there shouldn't be any implications where it says, Vayema Shvi Vayinofash. On the seventh day, God rested. Shouldn't sound like God actually did something. He didn't actually do something. He was rested. Nothing was being done. And many, many other different differences that they made. Not to get caught up in the words, and what, the trickery, the treachery that Ptolemy wanted to cause. And bottom line, they all did the exact same thing. Seventy people in seventy different rooms. But still in all, this was a Churm a destruction of the Jewish nation a desecration of the Teda as I said before at the level of the golden calf when the Jews entered with Yeshua with Joshua into the Holy Land they were in the land for 850 years Twenty generations of children grandchildren and great-grandchildren were born to them. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel, rose up against them and put them into exile. And as they entered the Holy Land, They entered it with, of course, condition that you do what you're told to do. And the Holy Land was compared to a prince that was only used to eating very fine foods and ultimately one day ate something that was not so fine and regurgitated everything up. And so too the Jewish nation was told that the land can only tolerate people that are God-fearing and do mitzvahs. And if anybody has a different opinion of that, they will be driven out. Fast starts in the morning. It does not start from the night before. Only Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av have the night before. It starts from the morning, from daybreak. Um, The person that goes to sleep starts his fast. If a person goes to sleep with a stipulation, with a condition, that they're going to wake up in the morning before daybreak to eat or to drink something, then they're allowed to. The person always does it There's different laws. Otherwise, when going to sleep, the person began his fast. okay, I guess the text comes in on the right time um, the fast begins about 5.07 in the morning the fast will end about 5.15 thanks to the uh, updates and text messages by shown there. We're allowed to wear shoes, allowed to bathe. Can't eat. Anenu is said in the morning by the Khazan in the Chazar Sashats. And by Mincha. Dominion says Anenu as well in the the quiet essay. The reading of the Torah both for the morning and the afternoon and the reading of Vayichal which talks of the story of the golden calf of when the Moshe broke the tablets. Avino Malkano has said in the morning, we say slichos. Slichos is said after tachnun. If we don't say tachnun, we still say slichos. And then we have to clarify what the uh, avino volcano situation is when tachnun is not said. I believe. In noble opinion and recollection, we do say it because it's special for the Tainas. has nothing to do really with the Tachman itself. Let's try to put a phone call in as we're talking. Let's see if we can get a, a ruling on that. Going back to the actual Parsha, very important that we discuss. Yeah, guten. am um, a Morgen mordeh tachn. was tachna. What's to say that tefillah? it? I have the net here. go Because there's a bris tomorrow at 770 at 415. The whole day is the, the bris by Samokan. <laughs> No, the bris itself is in, in the shul, it's in 770. If the bris is there, then the cheder is the whole day. If it's the makim Ha Bris, it says in Siddha. The lotion of the, the Siddha is that if either the, the place where the bris is being held, or the Sandik, or the Balbris. <coughs> Have you had that? Yeah. in Let me find again the Siddur. I believe it's a I believe I believe it was a Siddur. I started by Yasha By Yasha Volzin. One second. Um, okay, this. is the tag. i the call you yesh be base Knesses, Bismilla. Huh? they straight? The call you imsh yesh base Knesses, Yeah. Okay, so therefore. yeah, what's the meaning of I will look it up. I will look it up. Alright, I'll, 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 I'll give you back the answer in a few minutes. Okay, fine. Okay, call it. Okay, Avina Malkainu, this is after Sheman essay doesn't say exactly what the rules are. Apparently, the Slichas is abbreviated. We only say until Shemak Including Shemak or without? We say Shemak though, itself. And um, we will look it up later, and anyone wants to can text me after this year, and we can tell you exactly how it works. Um, back to the parasha itself, we want to talk about <laughs> the last pasuk of Chumash B'Rashas. Vayamas Yeisei, Pemea V'Eseh Shonim, Vayichantu the Pasuk before it says, Vayaj by has been a Israel Leimer, He made him swear that they're going to take him up, take his bones out of Mitzrayim. And then again, the Pasuk repeats, Vayamas Yosef. It doesn't say, why. you could just say Vayamas, and he dies at this age. Why is it telling us that Yosef died again? And the lesson for that is, of course, that we know that Yosef died in Mitzayim. The same Yosef that came to Mitsa'im died in Mitsa'im. He died as Yosef. He never changed his name to Tzafel Paneach. He never changed his name to anything. And he remained as the name Yosef. We also have... So we see therefore the importance of keeping the Jewish name. And we begin, Chumash HaBereishis. Bereishis, <laughs> Bara lekin. Bereishis is Bara Shem Yisrael Tikra. Bera, Shem Yisrael Tikra. Bera, human being, man, man should be called in the name of the Jewish name, by his Hebrew name. So we see, therefore, the beginning and the end of Bereshus. The lesson is the importance of us carrying on our Jewish name. The haftarah for Pashas is Vayikrivu Ymei David Lomos. And it came to the day the passings of David, the King David. What is the connection with the passing of David and the passing of Yaakov There are many different opinions, because I'll tell us about David HaMelech. David HaMelech had a neshama that had no life, had no years. A very lofty neshama, but no years to him. And because it had no years the world did not know how it would exist without David Melech coming onto this world. So according to one opinion Adam Adishin gave David th- 70 years. And therefore Adam Adishin dies at 930 years instead of a thousand years old. Here we hear a new, a new story. The may David was from Yaakov and Yosef Yaakov passed away at 147 years old whereas his father died at 180 so 180 minus 147 Yosef dies at 110 years old which is 37 less than his father died 33 and 37 <laughs> 70 and therefore they gave their years for David HaMelech and that's why we're Lamos is the haftarah of this week's parasha I guess we're going to compl- we'll finish at this as we come to Parashat Chazak and therefore we should be Chazak, Chazak and it's Chazak and we should be able to strengthen ourselves and we should have the ultimate strength of the Geul Amitiz Vashlema Eidei Mashiach kingdom this very Shabbos Amen and we should not have to fast tomorrow oh, That was the most interesting year. I've heard you